Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Vondon, along with my co-host, Chad Patterson. How are you, kind sir? Very formal here today, Addison Elko. How's it going? How's it going? That's exactly what I'm talking about. We're, we're not messing around today. This no. is going to be a streamlined episode. we got a lot to talk about. Very straightforward. Very, Very straight in the forward. zone. No games today. There might be some games. we got a game next. Maybe. <laughs> So let's take a look at what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to overrule that one. What we're going to be talking about for the next about hour. Um, I won't even say 45 minutes anymore. We actually changed it on our agenda to go from 45 minutes to 55 minutes because we're we're not reliable with the time to start. Well, it was mainly a laziness thing. We just forgot to always just change 45. Yeah, we should have done it a while ago, but. Now it's official. No, you don't want want to be premature. It it was so much work to just change one number. I got you guys. Appreciate it. Good Appreciate looks. Good it. looks. <laughs> so we're going to start out with a trivia question, uh, exactly like we did last week. I'm going to propose a question to my two co-hosts, see if they can answer it. Um, hopefully you guys will be able to answer it all as well, and then tease the answer at the end of the episode. We'll go on with some NFL news. We have a short list today. We'll go on to two trade and bets, possibly the worst trade in league history, um, <laughs> done by none other than myself. So we'll discuss that. I'll get a chance oh, to defend myself. That, that's going to be juicy. It's going to be a juicy convo right there. Super yes. juicy. I'm pretty excited. Uh, team profiles, our last two. And then we're finally done with the team profile segment. We'll be going over Mike Balducci, team stacks don't lie. And Dak is an awful. Josh Maddock. Uh, then we're actually going to go into, I'm pretty excited about the Mel, uh, Kuiper, and Todd McShay mock draft. We're going to be taking the skill position players, where they think each player is going to land, and we're going to discuss whether... We like the spot, whether it improves their draft stock for our fantasy league. And then we'll end with revealing trivia and uh, talking about next week's episode. So, you guys ready to go? Let's go. Do it. Give us a trivia. Let's get it popping. Let's do it. Okay. So, on this week's edition of trivia, we've moved away from standard league and we're back in a, a full PPR league. One point. One point PPR. Okay. 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 So, the question that I'm posing for you this week, I think is a very interesting one. So going from 2015 to 2016, we're looking at the top 10 players in scoring, includes quarterbacks, for 2016. Okay. My question to you is how many of those top 10 players were outside the top 50 for 2015? And to make it clear, I'm not stating it's rookies. So Zeke wouldn't count in this case because obviously he didn't play last year. Okay. So a player that played in 2015 was outside the top 50 and was in the top 10 for 2016. How many and can you think of the names? So 16 is the season we just finished, right? 16 is the season we just finished, correct. I know at least one for sure. Full point PPR, finished outside of the top 50 for 2015, finished in the top 10 for 2016. And you have the total? Total. Like how, like how many there were that finished outside top 50? Yes. So I have both the total. I have the players' names as well. Um, if you guys can get the players' names, that's great. If not, just let me know the number. Okay. We're, we're collaborating over here. Absolutely. So perfect. So everyone let that sink in. Think about it. And for the rest of the show, we'll, uh, we'll get back to it at the end. So moving on, we'll go into some NFL news. Uh, the major note that we wanted to bring up in the NFL was Big Ben officially announced his return. I mean, I think everyone knew he was going to come back. I know he takes a beating. Granted, that's what you get for being a tough guy standing in the pocket. He's always going to take a hit. I mean, that's what makes him great. He extends plays, which I I can't argue with. I love Big Ben. He's a surefire Hall of Famer in my eyes. 
That's coming from a Cleveland Browns fan. So I, I'm all about Ben. But that being said, he's going to take a lot more hits. But when you're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers from everything they have, they can, they can win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Why would you retire right now and leave all that extra money on the table? Mm-hmm. Not to mention from a fantasy standpoint, he wants to be the number one overall fantasy player. I've, I've, I could see it in his eyes. <laughs> he wants that number one overall status. He's never had it, but he wants it. Uh, I what are your so. guys' opinion? I mean, Chad, obviously I know you're thrilled, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm stoked. I mean, I think he wants to come in and he wants to make another run for the title with... The three Bs, hopefully four when Martavis Bryant comes back. I mean, that, that offense is arguably one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. So, you know, having him back as an anchor, a backbone for that offense, I mean, they can do big things. I think they'll win the, uh, the AFC North, and um, I, I, it's, just, it's just awesome. As a Steeler fan, Ben Roethlisberger is who I grew up on, and I don't want to see him retire anytime soon, even though I know that time's coming, so... Um, it's just great news to have him back next year. And uh, this is pretty, anyway, you mentioned it, it's an obvious fantasy impact. It's all positive. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you don't want Landry playing quarterback. You got Big Ben back, and it's good for all players and all fantasy owners. Yeah, as, 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 as good as the skill position players are in that team, Ben makes them better. You, you, can't, you can't argue anything against it. It's all it. about the you quarterback. Really Absolutely. Look at uh, Andre, not Andre Johnson, Hopkins. Yeah, you that's a great example. You have a quarterback, and it's hard to be that elite talent that you could be. Absolutely. We'll get to him later, but I'm sure Dooch is stoked by it. Mm-hmm. Dooch isn't upset. <laughs> give Dooch you that. is not upset. Dooch is not upset. So that's actually going to do it for our NFL news and notes portion. That's not it. much happened skill position player-wise. I know there was a trade today, what, the defensive end for yeah, Miami for, went. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, not much happened with skill position players. Other things have happened, but not much with skill. So, moving down, we're going to go into some trades and bets. So, two trades happened. Possibly our two most lopsided Twitter trades, based on a poll. Um, both included Tyler Lockett. So, we're going to start out with the first trade. Both included our co-host, Addison Elko. So, in this first trade, Addison gave up pick 109 this year. And a 2018 third-round pick to Mike Trainer for pick 201. Greg Muller's 2018 first, and Tyler Lockett. The Dynasty community absolutely loved the trade for you. I also love the trade That's for you. That's such a good trade for you. I absolutely love everything about that trade for you. I I, I get it from, from Tiz's standpoint. He now dominates the first round. Essentially, I think he has more picks than Ridge. So I, I can't argue it from Tiz's point. Um, but I, I do think you, you got a great, great haul for 109. I agree. If I would have said, if I, I do have 112, if I didn't have that, I would have been a little worrisome about completely being out of the first round. Granted, I got a lot for it. I only moved down, you know, six spots, got a first. It'll be a late first, but I have my own next year, so I know I have two firsts next year. And Tyler Lockett will get to him in the next trade, which I still valued as a high second, mid-second player. So, yeah, I thought I was giving a, getting a lot for 109 and having 112. Helps a lot. So now I have 112, uh, 201, and I think 205. So I still have three pretty early picks in a deep draft. And I didn't really have to give up that much. And I got a first next year. So, yeah, I, I like the trade for me a lot. I, I was on the fence. And I did consult both of you on the trade. Because, I don't know, I, I just was curious on an outside opinion. And you both said it's a, it's a pretty good deal for me. So that made me feel a little better about trading out of 109. I think ultimately I felt 
at, at having a running back need, the running back that could really help my team isn't going to be there. So I might as well just trade out, get more picks, get a first next year, and go from there. Well, we know how hard it is to acquire first in our league. They're like pots of gold um, in this league. And I think that was kind of your hesitance at first, mm-hmm. probably. But, I mean, I mean, like we spoke about, you, you moved up, what, six spots to 201? Mm-hmm. And you still have 112? I mean, okay, that's awesome. And then you also gained a 2018 first, equally great. And Tyler Lockett, you know, to me, I'm not as high on him. We'll get to him soon, I'm sure. But, um, you know, more than just a throw-in here. So, I mean, Tiz stated that he knows what he wants at 109. Who that player is... I'm not sure. Maybe you know. I think we both know, but we won't say it. Well, we won't say it. Okay, I'm, I'm left out here. I don't know who it is. Well, but... Eric knows everything, and he, we, I did the trade with him, so he was, you know, he was a little more open with me. But okay, so I mean, if you're high on that player, I mean, I guess it makes sense to acquire 109. But straight value wise, you won this trade. Yeah. And the Dynasty League agreed. We took it to a poll. It got, I think, over 100 votes. 88 percent towards your side. And twelve uh, percent towards his side. So, I don't think it was quite that lopsided. No, I, I, I agree I don't with think Eric so that if the community knew <clears throat> Trainer had three other firsts, it's like a luxury at that pick. Like, yeah, I'll, if you think this class is that good, and to your point, if you think that one hundred nine player is worth more to you than some second round pick and a late first next year, yeah, you go and get that guy. And I, uh, I thought it was a fair trade. I didn't feel like I was really getting one over on him. I definitely liked it for me. I just think it was a, a a good trade for each of us. Sometimes you have to pay a little bit more to get a guy you want, and Trainer had that luxury of being able to pay a little more, and I was a good recipient for it. So it worked out for both parties. Absolutely. So now it's time to move on to what was dubbed the worst trade in league history, and I'm pretty excited to talk about it because I've I've been in a few of these conversations. <laughs> um, to be completely honest, to be very upfront about it, but this trade specifically between me and Addison. Uh, immediately targeting Tyler Lockett. I, I, I do like Tyler Lockett a lot, and I'm going to go into that in a minute. But the trade itself, as soon as Addison obtained Tyler Lockett, I reached out to Addison for Tyler Lockett. After some negotiation, um, after a couple drinks, after some hot pot, <laughs> we ended up settling on Tyler Lockett straight up for my 2019 first. Um, so for those of you who don't know my team or maybe an outside listener, my team's very bad. I'm a perennial bottom-of-the-barrel team. I have not finished outside of the bottom three thus far in our young league. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a little credit. It's not It's not very bad. It used to be. It's, it's getting better, but my track record is not great. No. So, two reasons why I did this trade. One, as we mentioned, I was trying to get out of a bet. Uh, me and Addison had a bet that we spoke about last week. Uh, part of the reason why I did the Golden Tate trade, I needed to make the playoffs by the 2019 end of season, or 2019 season, yeah. um, in order to obtain Addison's 2019 first. If I didn't make the playoffs, I would have had to seed my 2019 first. So that definitely played in. I was kind of restricted in what I wanted to do. And for those of you who know me, I like to trade, and sometimes it gets out of hand. Second reason, I love Tyler Lockett. I think Tyler Lockett is a great dynasty asset. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, honestly... If you're bored, or not even if you're bored, if you're a true Dynasty fan, I want you to go and Google Matt Harmon's Reception Perception, Tyler Lockett. And I want you to read that article. Then after that article, I want you to go and take a look at all of Tyler Lockett's highlights, because it's fascinating. 
So I initially read the article because I was interested. Uh, Matt Harmon does a lot of work with receivers. Um, that's what he prides himself on, is is really analyzing straight straight analytics, taking every route this player runs, every target that they get, and quantifying it into percentages, seeing what the team uses him for, how he gets open, everything. Basically everything you could want, and he analyzes it. So after that, I was intrigued. Because not only the fact that everything he seemed to portray was correct, but the player that he modeled Tyler Lockett after was none other than Antonio Brown. So I'm not going to say Tyler Whoa. Lockett is Antonio Brown. I'm not going to come out on the record and say that. But all of the qualities are extremely similar. They are the exact same height. Antonio Brown is four pounds heavier, has a, a half an inch longer arm, a quarter inch larger hand, and then Tyler Lockett is actually faster than Antonio Brown for all of the major speed categories, including 40, three-cone, and 20-yard shuttle. So very, very similar players. You can give the size to Brown, obviously the, the credentials to Brown, and then Lockett has him with the speed. Very eerily similar. They both return punts. Not to mention, if you watch the film, Tyler Lockett is always open. He is always open. And one thing that we summarize in the article or what was summarized in, in Matt Harmon's research, is the fact that how he gets open. His route running ability is incredible. Not only does he have one speed where he's very quick, if you watch some of his punt returns, he can roast people. But the way he gets in and out of his breaks, and the way he's able to change up speed, is actually really fun to watch. Basically, every highlight you see, he's always open. Regardless if the pass was good, regardless if he caught the pass, he is always open. And in his third year, ready for a breakout at age 24... <laughs> If you're always open, it's going to translate to production. So not only did I get out of my bet um, to possibly seed my first and give absolute, uh, get absolutely nothing in return, I got a player that can absolutely explode onto the scene this year. Whether he's going to or not, we don't know. But that's my defense of this trade. I think he's a great asset with a lot of upside, and he fits on my roster very well because I don't have any expectations for this year. I can go sit through and hold him and see what he has to offer. That was the best rant of the podcast wow. of any episode. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That How was, long were you preparing that for? Um, not as long as you'd think. That was um, the number one rant we've had so far. I, I, I appreciate it. I did put a lot of effort into it. I, ha I had to. I, I got, for those of you listening on the air that's not part of the league, I was actually kicked out of my group chat for this, for this <laughs> trade. Josh didn't speak to me for like a couple, like a day at least. Um, so I just I needed to get that off my chest. I think he's got a lot of upside. You're making me regret this trade now. Will, will, oh, I'm kind of sold now. Will, <laughs> will he pan out? I don't know. But it was worth the risk in my opinion. I'm, I'm not going to defend him to the level that you're doing it. But I did not agree with the level of hate for this trade. I You originally offered me a high first for him. And I didn't want it. Uh, I looked up a lot of evaluations for him. Because I'm not going to lie. I don't really... You know, he was hurt a lot of last year. And... A couple years ago, I wasn't as engaged and, and knowledgeable, so he was a rookie wide receiver. I didn't really know. So I didn't really know that much about him, but I took him in the throw-in just because I know the name. And a lot of Dynasty forums have him as a early second, generally. So when you were offering me an early second, I thought, I'm not really great at drafting, so I'd rather just have the, the player who has had some production. He was hurt a lot of last year, and I've seen forums note that when he you know, they kind of rushed him when he wasn't fully healthy. And it was when he was fully healthy and they actually started using him, he was a really good... He had a lot of good productive games for like a four or five game stretch. 
And I don't think his rookie year was that bad as far as just, you know, for a rookie for a rookie wide receiver. And, uh, you know, you can call the Seattle offense what you want. I wouldn't say a, a prolific passing offense and still was able to get um, 664 yards and six touchdowns. That's that's solid. I think that's solid. Like you're as a rookie. I don't know. That's I don't know. If that's flex numbers, but you're you're getting there. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, he was hurt last year. I think if he would have stayed healthy, I think this trade would and he had maybe a little bit better. Say 800 yards and seven touchdowns as a second year. I think this trade wouldn't have been looked at as awful at all. I just think because he was hurt. People just have that recent perception of what he what he was or what he is, and that he was hurt. So while I think I did win this trade, because I think you'll eventually blow up the team and not have a mid. I think I will get an early first, which I've never picked in the early first before. I don't think it was the worst trade of all time. I don't understand that narrative. Um, right now, Tyler Lockett is not worth the first round pick. Correct. In 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and 21 and 22 and so on and so forth. Right now. Am I saying that he could be? Sure. But he's injury prone. Name the last time that Seattle had a good wide receiver too. Not counting Jimmy Graham, obviously. Sidney Rice a couple of years ago. I know he was hurt a little bit, but no. that was what, 2008? 2007? I mean, I agree with you. For I mean... Obviously, Baldwin solid, but I usually stay away from Seattle wide receivers mm-hmm. just because I don't know. They're just I don't even know how to describe their offense. They're just very balanced, and they don't have like they're not exploding with points or fantasy off the charts. I don't know how Wilson finishes. He's usually he's usually very very high because he runs the ball. Because like, okay, exactly. well, I'm say if you just look at his passing numbers, he's what a low QB one maybe without the rushing credentials. Mm-hmm. So um, I do agree with your point that this is not the worst trade. In, in league history, I think that's a little extreme. Um, there's been worse, definitely. I think you've made worse trades than this. Absolutely. Um, Community agrees. But it's, it's not worth blowing up at you over, I don't think. I mean, I just don't, I just don't think a guy that you see as high potential in his third year, who hasn't really done it, didn't do it his rookie year, hurt all last year, I, I don't think that he's worth the first, and I don't think he's worth the second either, honestly, in my opinion. Um, okay. To me, he's just a little gadget guy, a little spread-the-field guy, and uh, I've never been sold on him. I, I hope you're right. I, I do hope that you're right, because you gave a great speech there, and and you know maybe, maybe he will explode, and that'll be fun to see, but to me, just, yeah, I would, I would not give up a first for Tyler Lockett. And the Dynasty community was only like 70, low 70 uh, percentile in my favor. Mm-hmm. So the last trade actually was more lopsided than this one. And there was zero talk about the first trade. I mean, there was multiple firsts, you know, an early second, a player. And I got like no tra- like traction in the group chat at all. This trade goes down and it was the busiest that chat has been in a while. Yeah. Which was fun. I mean, that's that's why I like. I mean, this wasn't part of the podcast that trade, but I like when something like that can uh, spark a lot of conversation within the chat. But yeah, I mean, I think I won the trade. I mean, when I, obviously, when you look at it in aggregate now, I gave up one hundred nine and a third for uh, two hundred one, a two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen first. So I think in these two trades, I made like a bandit absolutely for a one hundred nine pick. So. I was able to, I'm not even a rebuilding team, and I have five firsts over the next three years, so I'm pretty damn happy about that. I just want to quickly just set the stage on how this trade went down. 
So we I'll tell a little story here. So we decided to have a little bro night, a little little apartment night out. Mm-hmm. So we go to Koreatown. And we were gonna go to this place, get some hot pot. If you haven't had it, go get it. It's delicious. There was an hour wait. We go to a bar, get some drinks. So we're we're feeling pretty good. We're feeling feeling a little 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 buzzed. A little loose. They call us to go back to the the restaurant. You know, we get there, we order our food. It was we ordered a whole pineapple with uh, Korean liquor. What's so the, soju? Soju is is the name. Just mixed with the pineapple innards or whatever you call it it was delicious eric put the top of the pineapple on his head we all had a great laugh the hot pot came the trade went down so we were a little bit tipsy i'm not saying that had anything to do with it it probably didn't but you're known at least to me to kind of think about things more i don't know if you had previously researched or done or done your research on locket he immediately ha- offered me ha- when, I, when this trade went down i got a text instantly asking for tyler locket for like one, okay 104 so you knew kind of going in that you wanted to acquire tyler locket yeah did you know that you like were you ready to give a 2019 first for him or I, was that kind of just like a rash counter it's more of the bet it was offer? it was more to get out of the bet if if the bet didn't exist i would not have offered the first at this time I probably would have held to see what I could get more. I, honestly, I probably would have traded the first already. Um, I was in talks with, with Trainer, but I couldn't deal the first for a seven overall. So I would have done the trade previously for seven overall for the 2019 first straight up. Hmm. I didn't get that text yet. Okay. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's coming. And you were more than willing to give 18. Yeah, I was, I was more than happy to give 18. And I said no plus. to that. Yeah. I wasn't ready to do that. More than happy to, to give 18. To the surprise of some listeners... To you, me included, yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably, probably all in without the bet. I pro, I probably would have offered eighteen and twenty one for Lockett and been happy about it. Eighteen and twenty one. Yeah. Well, I said no to eighteen, so I'd throw in a little bit more. Yeah, well, probably would have took that. That's more than a little bit more. It's only three picks away from eighteen. Yeah. Well, now I got a purse for it. Yeah. And I still have eighteen and twenty one. All right. Right. Well, there it is. There it is. <laughs> there, there that is, have uh, it. That's, that is that was, that's the worst trade in league history. Arguably the worst trade in league history. I hope we uh, provided it's some not, entertainment but... for you there. Uh, so now let's move into a quick segment on our team profile. I don't know how we follow that up. So I, I don't. I don't know how. I, I don't know how we follow that up either. That was probably the most intense discussion that we've ever had. That was pretty intense. It was fantastic. Like I kind of need a breather. You're a little fired up right now. I can I can tell. I'm I'm not fired up. I'm I'm animated. Like I'm very excited for the season to start. I immediately after this, I'm gonna force you to watch Tyler Lockett highlights with me. We're I'll gonna watch. check them out. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna be a lot of fun. College or pro? We're gonna do both. Actually, okay. we're gonna do a mixtape of both because a lot of his pro tape is punt returns. You'll notice a lot of it's a highlight specific or punt returns. But when you actually break down his film, they go into the route. So it's. Okay. It's cool to watch. I'm interested to see it. I mean, I haven't seen them yet, so maybe it'll help change my mind. But I promise you, you'll be entertained. So jumping into our last two team profiles, and then this segment's actually done, we'll need to come up with some other ways to fill the time. We're going to go over our last two teams. Uh, the first is team Stacks Don't Lie. Mike Balducci um, has a stack team. We mentioned it before. He has the Roethlisberger-Antonio Brown connection. Anytime you have the Roethlisberger-Antonio Brown connection, you're going to be a playoff team. It's as simple as that. His AB and a, and Roethlisberger have outscored my team on multiple occasions. Someone look that up. 
multiple occasions. I don't know how many off the top of my head, but it's at least two or three. So he has Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. Pretty stacked wide receiver yeah, core. Uh, yeah, it's like two good. top five dynasty wide receivers. Two top five dynasty wide receivers. Not to mention Jay Ajayi, who obviously had a nice Pro Bowl season. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, who old, reliable, uh, similar to Frank Gore in that sense. Well, although he's injured a lot, he's still, at this point in his career, is putting up fantasy production. Jimmy Graham at tight end. And then rounding out his flex spots, he has Latavius Murray, uh, who actually has a new home now, as well as Sterling Shepard, who is uh, very reliable for the Giants. And then on his bench, he has hopefully Jamal Charles comes back for his sake. Ty Montgomery, is he a wide receiver? Is he a running back? We don't know. Danny Woodhead and our dear friend Marcus Mariota. Mm. A good friend. Z- a great friend. Um, so he is a very strong team. He seems I, good. I think we ranked him number three overall. It's not. No, he, was, he was five. Five overall? Yeah. I think I might have him two. Yeah. Me, we, me and you had him five, and I think okay. you had him two. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very, very strong team. I don't know what else there is to really say. He's going to be a contender, a great squad, and I'm sure he'll draft well. And going back to the Ben Roethlisberger conversation, I mean, to have Marcus Mariota backing him up on your team, yeah, it's pretty good. I think the one thing I noted in the um, the power rankings, I'm not crazy. The reason I didn't have him any higher than five, I wasn't crazy about his running backs. I think he's got some. I'm not a big JJI guy. I think outside of like four games last year, he's pretty average as far as fantasy wise. He had some good yards per carry per games, but couldn't find the end zone. Didn't really break 100 yards all that often. Besides, like, the four games he exploded for. Um, obviously, Jay Stewart's getting older. I don't think either of us are huge on Latavius Murray. Jamal Charles is a question mark. I just think he's a heavy three-person team, and then a lot of question marks after that. So that's why I had him a little bit lower. I don't think he can win the championship this year, honestly, but I, he'll, he'll make the playoffs and maybe make a little noise, but I don't think he's a title team. I don't know. I don't think Jay Ajayi is a question mark, honestly. I, I don't. I agree. I'm I'm not as high on Ajayi as most people are. Um, like I said, I, I I the comment that you guys made fun of me before. I was surprised he made the Pro Bowl. I didn't follow Miami very much, but I was actually shocked that he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, granted, I looked at his stats. He had Pro Bowl stats. Yeah, he Just, had a great year. For last the year. the few things that I watched of him on on Red Zone or random games, he didn't pop to me. Granted, I probably missed a lot of those plays. Um, but yeah, I'm not as high on Ajayi. Yeah, I know that's that's fair. I mean, honestly, I think he has enough out of his running backs to yeah still be good. I mean, his, especially his, we don't know what Jamal he's, Charles. He's so top yeah. heavy with his receivers and quarterback that yes. honestly, his running backs are not irrelevant, but they matter less. Correct on his team. No, definitely. So no, uh, no backup uh, tight end too. So we'll see if he addresses that in the. In the uh, in the draft, I'm sure he will, because Jimmy Graham kind of had a off year last year. But with this with this class, he'll he can go deep. I'm actually trying to see where his first pick is, and I can't find it. It might be in the third round. Yeah, it looks like it's in the third round. Um, yeah, it looks like it's pick 41. So I mean, he can get a he can get a steal at tight end. He can maybe even get a running back that falls. Sure. I I, I have faith in Dutch. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, he's locked in the top five. I mean, yeah, that's... absolutely. It's not a bold prediction at all to we'll make. See. So let's go to another team. I'm, I'm sorry, Josh. That's not a lock for top five. Um, has had great success thus far in our, our career. Possibly could have a title if not for the Andrew Riggio gate. Um, but that's... Dak is awful. Uh, Dak isn't awful. And Josh Maddock. 
Uh, a great a great team previously, just aging, and that's that's honestly it. Um, I know he's starting to rebound. I think he's got a lot of picks this year, a lot of picks next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he'll rebuild quickly. Um, it's just I don't know how much success is going to be for this season. So looking at his QB, um, I mean, annually a top five QB with Drew Brees. Uh, no complaints there, just aging. Demarius Thomas also getting towards the end of his career. Kenny, wide receiver one, Britt. Um, Duke Johnson. The Angels wonder Frank Gore. Uh, Jordan Reed, I think if he gets tackled one more time, he will pass away. <laughs> uh, Giovanni Bernard, um, who I love but is always hurt. Uh, Quincy Nunwa, who I, I love as a breakout candidate for this year. Um, Alec Ogletree, who I actually am still bitter that he jumped me for Alec Ogletree. I had him targeted for months in our free agent draft. I swear to God, with with my fifth-round pick, I had the second pick of the fifth round or whatever I had, um, or third pick of the fifth, whatever I had. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted Alec Ogletree there, and like I planned out my draft entirely around—not entirely around that—but that's what I wanted <laughs> at, in the fifth round. And he took him in the fourth round, like four picks ahead of me. Great pick. So I'm still bitter about it. Um, soup. Great pick. Uh, soup, and of course Tom Brady. So talented team, very old team. We'll see how well he drafts. Uh, the draft's gonna be very important for absolutely, him. Yeah. and or just blowing it up trading some of these win-now possible assets to playoff contending teams. I don't know if he's going to get any first, maybe for Thomas, if he decides to get rid of him. I think that's the only player he probably can get a first for. But even some seconds can help him. Anything can help him. So I think if he stumbles out of the gate, starts off 0-2, 1-3, I can see him just blowing it up. Hopefully mm-hmm. he doesn't come in last for the punishment, second to last. I don't know. I think he has his own pick this year, which is has not been a, a theme for last place finishing teams to actually have their own first. Like he does have his yeah, own I don't first. Yeah, I don't think that's happened yet. No. I don't. Yeah, so, no. good for him he has that. So, if he does blow it up, he's actually, you know, rebuilding the right way. And, um, yeah, I, I see him doing that. I think he'll, we had him tied for last. I think ultimately he will try to blow up this team and finish the top, a bottom three team. Well, honestly, he should do that. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to win this year. And next year, who knows who will be retired or hurt or his worst case is like some of these guys doing well and him coming like in seventh. Like he doesn't want that. That'd be bad. Or like an eighth. Yeah. Like he, I, that could happen. Like he does have talent, but I, I'm surprised maybe he hasn't already started kind of blowing up the team. Well, I, I think he also kind of fears coming in last too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we don't he, have the punishment yet. Like I, I could, I could honestly see him mid season flipping Jordan Reed for a first. To like a contender, maybe somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe like Rogers specifically, Witten goes down finally. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for that. No, but, no, I understand. Um, and flipping him to somebody like yeah. that, just because he's got an asset, he wants to flip it for some. He's got to hope it's not too little, too late to actually have an impact, like where you are in the draft. Yeah, correct. So, his, yeah, his team is just so many question marks. Just old. It's old. It, it is That's old. exactly team it. Two years ago was a play. It was a playoff team. He was, a, he was a championship team. He made it yeah. to the championship. Yeah, absolutely. He would have won the first year had I not. A, 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 so the first year we had eight playoff teams. This year we, for the preceding years, we only have six. I snuck in as an eight seed the first year. I upset Josh, who was the one seed. And had I not done that, he would have been the league champion. He would like you know using his point total throughout. He would have won the championship. Well, I think didn't we didn't we do that this year too? He would have made it to the championship this year if not for Ridge. That I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't I'm pretty sure. I don't think that. he would have won. I think he would have lost in the championship again, but I think yeah. he would have gotten there. I but thought. he would have been like a premier, like... Absolutely, know. yeah. I, like, I thought that was Wire. Or was it Wire? Well, wire, made the, wire did make the playoffs. Wire did oh, make the playoffs. Maybe it was Josh then. That's what I think it was. I think it was. If, if he would have gotten in instead of Wire, 
But yeah, the, if I didn't freaking, if I remember, I had a Rams defense drop like thirty five points. Rams D. And Julio Jones had a career day. If I didn't did that, Muller would not be a champion. So I, I regret it. But live and learn. I'm always down to restart the league, so Muller's not the champion. You always do that. He does have some interesting pieces though. Like in oh, new one's interesting. Yeah, because like, who's the wide receiver one in in New York now? It would guys. be Decker, but they're talking already about like releasing. Him. They'll draft somebody. They'll draft. Oh, well, they'll draft someone, yeah. but. Yeah, it'll be him and uh, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, your boy. Yeah, yeah my boy. So Ted Ginn to the Saints now, too. He's got the, the Drew Brees-Ted Ginn connection now. I'm saying I worry that some of these guys could do well and not help him with his tanking because yeah. he's not winning. So I hope for him he does start losing. I want him to like rebuild the right way and not be a mediocre team who doesn't know when to blow it up. Josh, take my advice. It's okay to finish in last. As long as you train me your good players. As long as you do it the right way. <laughs> and make sure you hit on your picks, because uh, we don't want another Laquan Treadwell. No. He's 21 years old. <laughs> God. I was watching his tape again today. He's fantastic. So, that being said, let's move from last year's top picks to this year's top picks. Mock drafts. Mock draft. Um, so what we're doing for this segment is going to mainly be run by, by our dear dear co-host, Addison Elko. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking the lead on this one. We're going to look at the mock drafts um, that Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper recent re- recently released. And we're only looking at skill position players here. But based on their landing spots, uh, mocked by the two great ones, we're going to discuss the players in depth, whether we like the landing spot, don't like the landing spot, and how it impacts fantasy. Um, so that being said, Ad, you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah let's get started. That was so anti-competitive. Oh, okay. There, there it is. Love it. Yeah. Alright, so first three picks, no skill players. The first skill player to be taken off the board at number four, Leonard Fournette, running back, LSU. I will say, I think it's been discussed in our group chat, I don't understand this landing spot. We talked about Yeldon last episode and how... They have like a little competition going on there. I don't get they have a lot of money tied up in that backfield too. I don't get. I get he's the could be the BPA, but they have other needs. And you know, Kuiper didn't agree. This was McShay's pick. If you unless you think he's this once in a generation can't miss. Holy crap! How did he fall to us at four pick? Then, I, and you know, I, I guess you could take him. I personally just don't get it, and I still think. You know, we, we don't know what's happening after this, but just based on this pick, I still think he goes one on one. I I kind of get it to, to kind of disagree with you. I, I, I see him in Jacksonville. I mean, Ivory's aging. He's getting up there in age. We talked about Yeldon last episode. To me, I'm, I'm not high on him. Never really have been. So I think Fournette gives you a dynamic playmaker in the backfield, and, you know, that's what Jacksonville needs. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to absolutely agree. If, if I were the Jacksonville Jaguars GM, would I make the pick? No. But I completely understand the pick. They're, they're just a young, fun team. Their offense is filled with young, fun players. Like, if I'm starting a, a franchise in Madden, I'm going to start it with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no reason for me not to. You're filled with young pieces. And like I said, Fournette, if they really get a dominant run game... How many touchdowns yeah. is Allen Robinson going to have? He might have 300 touchdowns. Like It takes so I don't even much pressure off the pass Absolutely. game. Absolutely. 
Yeah, as a board, I have Bortles and a Rob. I mean, I would be happy. I mean, I I like it. I am just if I'm a 101, 102 owner, I maybe I'm just go, I'm going against you too. I'm not thrilled with that landing spot for him. If I'm picking that high, oh, I like it. Just as an NFL GM, I'm not doing it. Like I get it. You've gambled. You've gambled on defensive players the past well, from couple a fantasy of years. Perspective. From a fantasy perspective, if you had I love it. Would you I, want that? Like, yeah, absolutely. Happy. I would still keep Fournette at 101. Well, the next same player, but Kuiper had him a little bit lower. Is Leonard Fournette to the Panthers? Which I think, if I had 101, this is where I'm thrilled that he gets drafted. This makes more sense. Well, this makes way more sense. They kept Jay Stew. But there's, he's saying here he turns 30 in March. That's somewhere where I think there's little competition. He's going in there immediately to be the bell cow, where in Jacksonville there's still two other, however you may see them running backs, but there's still two other running backs there where I think this is due to bombs. This is uh, purely for him to be the bell cow. And I think if I have 101 or 102, this is where I want to see Fournette get drafted. Yeah, I mean, talk about a fun offense. That would be a fun offense. Cam Newton, Fournette, Benjamin, all these guys on offense. I mean, that that would be fun to watch mm-hmm. in Carolina. They would have a lot of. They would have a really cool running game. They would be unstoppable on the goal line. That's the they only thing. That's unstoppable. On I just thought line. about that. Cam, Cam would vulture. Cam's Absolutely. a kind of running back vulture, so exactly. maybe that is. Maybe that isn't the most ideal landing spot, but I still would rather him be there than to Jacksonville. He's just such a Panthers running back. Like, have they ever had a PPR back? Fozzie. Fozzie <laughs> no, right. Whitaker. A good, like a good PPR back? Fozzie wasn't bad no, as a flex player. Who was always the compliment to Jay Stu? It was him and... Tolbert. And D'Angelo Williams. That was it, D'Angelo. Yeah, yes. But, but he's not a PPR back. No, no, I mean, no. he's just the perfect mold for a Carolina Panthers running back, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, regardless, I'm, uh, it's not changing. I'm going to keep him at one-on-one in either landing spot. Like, correct. In yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, moving on, number nine, the Cincinnati Bengals. Both Kuyper and McShay had wide receivers here, but interesting that they had different wide receivers. I guess it's just all dependent on who you think is better. So, obviously, but, you know, there's also fits, but at this high, you're going to go for the best talent. Kuyper had Mike Williams from Clemson, and McShay had Corey Davis from Western Michigan. I think the consensus amongst our group, and I think after the combines, Corey Davis is going to be the number one wide receiver taken in our draft mm-hmm. um you know they have aj green i mean lafell did well last year but lafell's always like the number one fantasy like training camp hypey that never really pans out boyd's still a rookie but I, I don't i think he was just okay as a rookie so i i guess it makes sense them drafting uh, another wide receiver i think both landing spots have them kind of pegged where we have them now in the 104 106 range i don't think it impacts them that much if you want to be fearful that it's a kind of crowded wide receiver core, I guess. But if you're not banking on Tyler Boyd, you know, emerging, or you're not a LaFell, like, that he will even stay there, then wide receiver makes sense for both these spots, and you're probably pretty happy that A.J. Green will take the double teams away from whoever gets drafted here. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, I love the landing spot from a fantasy purpose. I hate it from an NFL standpoint because the Browns have to cover them uh, each week. I, I think it's a perfect landing spot. Like I said, you have A.J. Green to take the pressure off. Tyler Boyd in the slot is great. He's such a good route runner. He'll be open. I think it boosts his fantasy value as well if either of these guys go there. And they can come in and, and just simply dominate the number two corner. I, I, I love it. I, I would personally take Corey Davis over Mike Williams. I just think he's a safer pick. But if you can argue either one, I'm not going to dispute it. I love them both. Yeah, this is basically just who do you like more here. Exactly. Mike Williams or Corey Davis. I think... To compliment AJ, probably Corey Davis. 
because I kind of feel like Mike Williams and AJ are similar build. I know Mike Williams is six yeah. four. I'm not exactly how tall sure how tall AJ Green is, He's but six two. Um, you know, both both playmakers, both throw the fade in the end zone guys. So I think Corey Davis is more of a compliment to AJ Green. So I'd go pro- probably lean Corey Davis here, but I, I mean either one. But neither really sense. changes their draft stock that much. No, no, they're still both top five picks. Maybe. I, I think so, anyway. I think I think Corey Davis will go three. Yeah. We'll say. I mean, granted, but if Corey Davis goes to, to Cleveland, I'm, I might consider taking Mike Williams ahead of him. Well, this is based on what, you know. Yeah, correct. Well, granted, but, they both yeah. got drafted by the same team, so that kind of confuses yeah, right makes where it... we're mocking, mocking them. But, um, I mean, either one's going to get picked somewhere else eventually because they didn't pick yeah. somewhere else. So we'll figure that out when we get later. Uh, next pick is the first tight end off the board. O.J. Howard, tight end Alabama to the Bills. Um, I, I guess I, I like the pick. I mean, I don't think Charles Clay's anything that you want on your fantasy team. I, I see. I feel like OJ Howard is deemed like the best tight end from an NFL standpoint, but not maybe the best from a a fantasy standpoint. I, I don't. I I haven't really watched much tape on the tight ends, but I just feel like he's the all around good tight end. So that's why he's going to get drafted higher because he'll be on the field the whole time, but maybe not the high-volume receiver that the two other ones we may talk about later will be. So I think he's still going to go in the late first area, and I don't think the Bills hurt him that much. I actually think it's a pretty good situation for him. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think he would be a good fit in in Buffalo. Um, Going back to your point about NFL compared to fantasy, I think you're right that he is more of an NFL tight end. Um, he, He is a freak of an athlete. And the thing that scares me about him a little bit is that we didn't really see what he's capable of in college, because Alabama was just mainly, you know, ground and pound. He yeah. still so put up numbers. though. He still put up numbers. He put but up numbers like, in like a big game. Season wise, right? His totals weren't that high. No, 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 right. Just They weren't. So that kind of has me scared a little bit. I understand how he's the first tight end off the board, just solely based on his measurables. Um. But, yeah, I mean, Buffalo's a good fit. Fantasy-wise, I think that would definitely make him the number one tight end off the board. Do you agree? It, it's tough. I, I don't know. Buffalo, I just I don't trust as much. I mean, I, I guess I like it. Like you said, he's, a, he's the best overall all-around tight end. And Buffalo's a run-first offense. So it does make sense. He'll be in there blocking. He'll get peppered with targets just for simply he, the fact he's on the field. Um Although, it, honestly, if we're talking about it, I like him better in Cleveland than I do in Buffalo. If we're going to look at both sides of the argument here. Because Tyrod looks to be the guy in Buffalo. He's not that young. He's got experience. He's got Sammy Watkins as a deep threat. He has other options. In Cleveland, you're bringing in a rookie quarterback, whether you like it or not. You're bringing in a young guy. Young guys rely on their safety valve, which is always the tight end. Mm-hmm. And if O.J. Howard is forced onto the field to block... He will also be on the field to disguise packages and go out for passes. He's going to get peppered. So I love O.J. Howard in Cleveland, not only as a fan standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint. And I, I think he would easily be the first tight end off the board. Well, I, I would disagree with saying that Buffalo has other weapons. Because who do they have besides Sammy Watkins in the past game? And don't tell me Robert Woods and... No, Robert Woods is gone. Oh, where if, did he go? I if Sammy's even playing. That's a big hit. No, so now I'm, now I'm blanking out on who... Is there... The other wide receiver is, and it's bothering me. 
well, it's obviously not someone. No, because he's good. He was All a right, solid well, defense. You look, you look yeah, this up. I looked and that I will up. Proceed. You jumped the gun a little bit. So twelve does have OJ Howard. McShay has OJ Howard to the Browns. I agree with you, Eric. I think that's a better fit for him. I'd be happier as an OJ Howard owner if he was a Cleveland Brown. I, which is weird to say because they don't have a strong QB game, but I agree. Young quarterbacks look to their tight ends. There's still question marks on even their wide receivers with Gordon still suspended. Um, you know, Coleman still coming back from the injury. So I think besides their two running backs, I don't think they had that much playmaking ability and OJ Howard could come in there and be the playmaker that, you know, could have a good rookie fantasy tight end numbers. And uh, just getting back to our point previously, is Marquise Goodwin, who I was thinking of. Also nothing It's nothing crazy. to sniff at. He's not bad. As a, as a number two to Sammy Watkins in a class where they're probably going to take a wide receiver. I don't think he's owned, and I don't think he's going to no, get drafted. No. He was owned. He was owned Well, then the he year. was dropped. I feel like Fabulari <laughs> had him. He had like one good game where he had like an 80-yard touchdown and like I remember. broke the land speed record yes. by humans. Yes. Oh, yes. Or something like that. Um, That's what I'm saying. They don't have offensive weapons in the past game. I also love Charles Clegg, but and, that defeats the purpose of O.J. Howard. Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather O.J. Howard not be in Buffalo. It's I'd, I'd rather him be in Cleveland. I agree. But if I, if he has to be in Buffalo... I don't know if I would rather him be in Cleveland. I, lo- I love him in Cleveland. I trust Tyrod way more than any quarterback that Well, Cleveland that's the has. point. I think Tyrod can make better decisions. I think the rookie quarterback's just going to be like, oh my god, we have no... Well, actually, we have an offensive line now. Oh my god. And you have weapons. I gotta so release much the ball. Time. I have so much time. <laughs> OJ Howard's, OJ always, Howard's open. always open. Yeah. Uh speaking of quarterback, we're not gonna get into any other quarterbacks in this because they're not as highly coveted in our league. Most teams are already set at quarterback, and none of these rookie quarterbacks I think are gonna have any fantasy impact right away. But because Kuiper does have him to go into our own uh Cleveland Brown, Eric. Eric, make it short and sweet. Kuiper, Deshaun Watson, QB Clemson, do you Want him there? No. Um, short and sweet. No, I do not. I think he's an interesting talent. I think he could possibly develop into a quarterback, but a lot of times his throws are high. I I just don't I don't trust him in Cleveland as much. If I'm going to take a shot at quarterback, I guess I'd rather take Mitchell Trubisky. I'd rather have neither of them at twelve. <laughs> um, hey, there's thought, there's rumors now of Mitch going one overall. The the the, the team is split. I fully support the regime in all their decisions. <laughs> no, you don't. No, next, you don't. next topic. You're gonna throw a laptop and. Oh, I can't wait for the draft. I fully support the regime and all their decisions. It's based on analytics, so you know it's correct. So moving forward, number fourteen, the Philadelphia Eagles. McShay has them drafting Christian McCaffrey, running back, Stanford. I unfortunately really like this fit. I hate it as a Smallwood owner. I hate it as a Cowboys fan. From a fantasy perspective, I think he's already been. He, you know, he's already risen to the top of the boards. He was, you know, a couple before the combine, not so much. He was like being talked mid first. I think this is a great fit for him, and I think this would get him pending Mixon's landing, which we'll see as the second running back taken over over Cook. Even though I've said before, if if Rizzo wasn't picking one and two, then I would, you know, I would say he would be the second running back. I think in most leagues, this could have him being the second running back taken in this landing spot. I love this pick for them. I think he would fit great in Philly. Um, this is probably, honestly, Darren Sproles' last year, which is sad because I own him. But to be a rookie and learn from Sproles, who has had a great, successful career, and is honestly a similar player to Christian McCaffrey, yep. um, 
would be huge for him. And I think that he would thrive in that offense with, you know, with the young rookie quarterback, all the pieces they just brought in at receiver. They could be also be a super, super fun offense to watch next year. I hate it. Yeah, I, there's nothing more to say about it. I love the fit. I think it's perfect. I think he'll explode and do very well. Well, same player, new team. Kuyper has McCaffrey going to Washington. So this is a double shot at me. I hate it as a Keith Marshall owner, even though there's a lot of other... There's just a lot going on in that backfield. So I don't get the pick as much for them. I know they they don't love any of their running backs, but you have three, right? I mean, you have maybe four. You have four other running backs there. And I'm not saying any of them are good, and Christian McCaffrey would probably go in there and be the running back one. I just... I would rather, as if I had McCaffrey somehow before the draft, I'd want him to go to Philly more than to Washington. Uh, I Both have a lot of offensive weapons. We've gone over there at Nauseam on the podcast, both acquiring a lot of wide receiver talent. Um, I don't personally know who has a better offensive line. You know, I don't I don't know. But I, I do like the landing spot here. I like it more in Philly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, as a Cousins owner... I'm licking my lips. That would be awesome as a Cousins owner. So many weapons in that offense there if he goes there. Um, apparently they just love him going to NFC an NFC East team. Yeah. I mean, they both kind of have running back needs. Just more Phillies, more age, and Redskins is more on, you know, just they're no, no, one's, no one's taking the, the reins. No one wants it. I, I feel they just can't hit on a, now that I think about it, they can't hit on a rookie running back. They didn't hit on Matt Jones. Wait for Keith Marshall. He was injured. He's who, coming back. Who was the last good running back in Washington? Was it Clinton Portis? It was a while ago. Oh. Right? I'm trying to think if there's been any since. I feel like we're forgetting somebody. Probably. But yeah. right can, now I'm going to pretend like it's Clinton Portis. Yeah. You guys can tweet it at us. I were dumb and forgot this yeah, player. Yeah, I can't wait. Excited. At EFV40. Tweet away. <laughs> also, if he goes there, what about Chris Johnson, too? They're a similar player. Thompson? Chris Thompson. Or Chris Thompson. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Chris Thompson. They have Thompson. I mean, they have Chris, Kelly. Christian McCaffrey has a lot more talent than Well, Chris yeah. Thompson. Yeah, so I'm I saying, agree. They have, but they're, you know, they both can be PPR backs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they, yeah, they have Jones, Thompson, Kelly, and Marshall. That's why I don't, I don't, I don't get the pick, really. But I mean, if you really want to establish that run game to help the, the passing game, I guess I get it. But moving on to 18. So the two, same two uh, wide receivers we discussed earlier, new team. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, this time with Marcus Mariota and Tennessee Titans. Um, Eric, you want to you wanna take over? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was actually before I was going to say was probably my other ideal landing spot for either of these receivers. Like I said, another uh, up-and-coming young offense. They've obviously a very strong run game with, with Murray and Henry. An up-and-coming offensive line, a stud young quarterback. And really no number one receiver. I mean, you have Delaney Walker, who's been a dominant tight end. You have a couple of young guys with Rashard uh, Matthews. You have Tajay. Um, you have a handful of guys that are there, but none of them are number one. So I think okay. either of these guys would go there, day one, be the unquestioned number one. So I, I love the landing spot. But the question that I want to pose to you now mm-hmm. is we all agree that Corey Davis was probably the top receiver off the board in our opinion so let's say Corey davis goes to cincinnati and mike williams goes to tennessee does mike williams possibility being the unquestioned number one change your mind yes yeah i agree right yes i think that could possibly flip 
uh, who gets taken, who's the first wide receiver off the board? I, th- I think so, too. Yeah. I, I 100% That's think so. That's a good so. question. I think I would take Mike Williams then over Corey Davis. There's just the argument of having A.J. Green help, or would you rather be the guy getting more of the targets? Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know... I mean, you could also argue that A.J. takes the double team and then Corey Davis... That's is what I was open. saying. Oh, you, oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. do you want A.J. there yeah. to take away the double team, or do you want the, your guy being the number one, maybe drawing yeah. the double teams, but getting way more targets? I think it's a, I think it's a tough argument. I, I think I do lean towards Mike Williams at that point. Um, Let's not forget A.J. is like like 29. He's oh, 28 almost? or 29. Yeah. So. But, I mean, he'll, he'll play till he's 31. He's got three years. Right in sure. time for the third-year breakout... <laughs> Corey. Stop pointing at me. Stop pointing at me making that motion. Okay. Yeah, I think that can definitely... It's not going to flip either massively, but it could flip no. the first wide receiver taken. Correct. Absolutely. So, moving on to 19, our second tight end, and both were unanimous with this, which makes me think it's a lock that he will get taken here, is the tight end from Miami, David... Uh, Joku. Joku? Is that you found? Yeah. You pronounce the end? I, I've heard both. Is I like, like I like, like to say Django? the end. I, I've Ninjoku? heard Joku and I've heard Ninjoku. So I, I like I like pronouncing the end. I think it's more fun for me to say. Um, I don't know what he prefers. I think me and Chad are agreement. We're both break guys, and I'm a little I'd be a little. Uh, upset. I like break. So do I, and I'd be a little upset about this because uh, that tells me I was wrong about break. Because <laughs> I was don't like him enough. I'm um, super happy just because I want break run out of town. Um, they mistreated. One of my favorite players. ASJ. Oh my god. And I, I'd rather not see ASJ mistreated have them. ASJ deserved everything and more, and now he's he's in the big lights, the big apple. He's a bum. He's in the big apple. So and we taking the lead by storm. We compare the two wide receivers between landing spots. We got a unanimous landing spot for this tight end. Does would that would the first tight end be taken be altered by Njoku going to Tampa Bay? And say the what we picked as a worst landing spot as how we're going to the Bills. Could that affect the first tight end being taken in our rookie draft? I think Joku on Tampa Bay automatically puts him as number one over Howard in either situation. Either him or Ingram. I mean, or either him or uh, or Cleveland. Yeah, correct. I disagree. I, I love that landing spot. Look at I think, every, I think look at everything Howard's doing. A unanimous number one tight end. I don't. I don't. I don't agree there. I think I would still rank Cleveland Howard first. Then Njoku and then Bills Howard third. I think I think Joku comes in and fits a role like Jimmy Graham did for the Saints. Look at this offense that they're building around the young quarterback. See with now, Jameis. is it is it the tight ends they can't find, or is it just the system doesn't work well for tight ends? I mean, I just don't think they've had ASJ is clearly a hothead. He couldn't st- he couldn't focus and stay on the field. He would just melt down. And then Cameron Braid, I don't think is a transcendent talent. I think he's an average tight end. So I think when you put a guy that's a freak that you can do so many other things with, with Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson spreading the field, um, you have Charles Sims as a passing down, um, passing down running back. You have a lot there, and I I think if he goes there, he does very very well. I do like the landing. So you spot. think Joku is gonna shoot off to like six seven overall? No, I think nine overall. Nine I don't overall? I don't think Howard would get taken at, at seven overall. I think it would be nine to twelve. And I think in that case, I think both are in the nine to twelve range. Correct, but then I, I, I think, think all I think three Joker are, in, goes first. are in the nine to twelve range. Honestly, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't argue it. I think but I think Joker goes first. Spot. I think I think people think Ingram's the most prolific offensive player out of the tight ends of the three. So if he were in, I I honestly offhand don't know like a an ideal you know scheme system they use for tight ends. But say he goes to that that scheme, I think he could jump as a number one. If he goes, you know, first or second round, they're gonna they're gonna try to. So use let's him. say he goes to the Pats, 
and splits with no, Gronk. No, I wouldn't. No, he wouldn't go first. Because Gronk's there. Yeah, Gronk's... If, if Gronk gets hurt, say he knew he was out for the rest of the season... Well, correct. Then, yeah, I think Oh, he, well, also, they just signed who? Dwayne Allen? Yeah. Okay, so, so maybe it's not the best line. So, so you're saying that there's no clear-cut one overall tight end? No, there's not. I agree. For a fantasy standpoint, okay. no. I would um, agree. But I think Joku to the Bucks, I think, puts him as number one for me. I do love I do love him there. Yeah, absolutely. So moving down to... It's a little surprising, too. Number 27, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking the third running back who was not in this position, say, a month ago. Dalvin Cook, running back, Florida State. Uh, we talked about Spencer Ware before, and a couple of us, me and Eric, are pretty high on him. Chad, I don't remember if you were high on him, not high on him, or you just didn't like him compared to the other two running backs. But I, I guess I get it with if they're, they're eventually, what Charles has, one more year left. You're going to say one or two more years. Then they have Ware, who maybe they don't, trust him completely like the other people in our our league didn't exactly agree with me in your rankings so um i don't know i don't know if i love the fit there i i still i don't think that's a spot that automatically propels him to a 102 ahead of maybe mccaffrey or mixon i think this still keeps him as maybe possibly the fourth running back taking depending on mixon's landing spot with us liking the two mccaffrey spots and Fournette not budging from the first running back spot i don't I mean, they don't get a lot of wide receiver touchdowns, so his touchdowns could be, you know, if it's not going to Kelsey, they're probably going to run the ball in the goal line. And he can catch the ball. So uh, I'm, I'm not thrilled with really any playmakers with Alex Smith quarterbacking. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hate it. I mean, they're a run-first offense. Um, and I think he would easily jump where... And Charcantric West, in my opinion, at least. Um, where, you know, where's still solid, but Delvin Cook's better, I think. So, um, you know, I th- I would rather him go to the next spot that we're talking about, but I don't hate him in Kansas City. I I really like the landing spot, to be honest. I actually, I really like it. I, I don't think it really spells trouble for Spencer Ware. I think it spells trouble for Charcantric West. I think West oh, yes. is just completely out of the picture, not even a shot. I, I, West is, I mean, Ware is still a big back. You're going to put him in on the goal line. He's going to get midfield touches. Any, anytime you have a short yarded situation, he's going to put in. And then they're, they're a gadgety team. They have no problem using a gadget player, and you can make Cook a gadget player. I think it moves Tyreek Hill to the slot. I think it eliminates Tyreek Hill's carries, which is interesting, although he was, he was successful. I think he now becomes an actual slot receiver punt returner. Dalvin Cook becomes that passing down gadget player, and then Spencer Ware is your big back. And I, I kind of love that dynamic, because like you said, you really throw to the tight end there. You can throw to Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. Maybe Chris Conley takes the next step. I don't know. Maybe Macklin has a resurgence. But mm-hmm. they don't really use the receiver that well. So I, I think yeah. the passing down running back there is great. I, I like that spot for Cook. I agree with you with West. You're not drafting the quarterback first round if you third string. Correct. So he's automatically second string if not Absolutely. competing for first. Mm-hmm. But agree with Chad, the next landing spot for the same player by Mel Kuyper is at 29 to the Green Bay Packers, who I don't think have a true number one running back at Ty Montgomery. He was fun while he was there. He had a couple big games. I think people just were just more infatuated with the fact that it was a wide receiver playing running back more than anything, and he plays for Green Bay, so they're always explosive. I like this fit a lot more. I think he would come in and immediately become the number one, the bell cow, and I like their passing game way more. 
granted that Green Bay obviously uses the receivers a lot better than Kansas City, but I just think his potential, his ceiling is way higher in Green Bay than it is in Kansas City. And I think this this landing spot could have him back into the top three discussion or second running back taken. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Green Bay is where he should go. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, Ty Montgomery haunts my dreams. I was in the fantasy <laughs> playoffs last year, and the, uh, I was playing the team that had him when he went off for like three touchdowns and almost 200 yards, maybe over 200 yards. So, um, yeah. I think if he goes to the Packers, he's he's going to go two overall in our in our rookie draft. Yeah, I I have nothing nothing else to add there. I think it's a great landing spot, great player, and I think he does well. And to save time, this same player, it will be the we're just going to do one one draft uh, one round this this go. We'll finish up round two uh, next episode. It's John Ross. Uh, McShay has him to the Steelers and Kuiper to the Saints. Both spots, I don't. I don't get, honestly. I think, I mean, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers landing spot is completely dependent on Brian's suspension because he is the speedy wide receiver and Ross is the speedy wide receiver. And the Saints brought in Ginn, who's the speedy wide receiver, to make up for Cooks being the speedy wide receiver. And I think they're both have a lot of talent in that position already. I, I don't. I, it, re- it reminds me a lot of the Philip Dorsett pick from, what, two years ago? Where just no one wanted it. To go there, everyone was like, "Why are you doing it? Build a team." I, I, this guy's, you know, John Ross is not. I don't think highly coveted in our league. There may be a, a couple teams hiding in the, the shadows who really do love him. I think, pending on the second round when we get there, I think this hurts his value going to either spot a lot. Both are crowded. Both, yes, are in situations that can get you a lot of points, and we've seen Thomas come in for the Saints and do it, but. And Brian have his success as a young player doing it in limited games. I just think it's a lot of mouse to feed in either spot, and I would shy away from John Ross in either of these spots. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather have him go to the Saints for fantasy purposes. I see what the Steelers are doing, though. I, I disagree with your point that Martavis and him are, are similar players. They do both have speed, but Martavis Bryant is a way different receiver than John Ross, Yeah, in my opinion. Um, Martavis Bryant's a huge playmaking receiver john ross is like tyree kill 2.0 in my opinion so but you need no, it's like deshaun jackson he's just gonna spread the field yeah so i mean he would be an upgrade in the slot with eli rogers i, I guess over eli rogers um I, that offense would be insane to watch if we got that's john what confuses ross. me like your first round should establish need unless you're that high where you know if you have multiple first you could take bpa i, I don't look at the steelers last year and be like man they just had another playmaker I totally agree with you. So I, I just I'm curious as from the from their GM perspective, what there's not anyone else there they can take to help the defense. I mean, Ross line. Ross is a first round grade at that point in the first round. Maybe he's their highest player on the board. It's 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 not a fair argument. I I stray away from players like Ross, but I get it. I, I do too. So and what, I get it for the Saints because you know he's similar to Brandon Cooks, who they lost to the to the Pats. Yeah. But honestly, John Ross and Ted Ginn are also similar. John Ross and Ted Ginn are the exact same player. So John Ross has much better hands than Ted Ginn. So they're going to have both those guys, and Michael Thomas is going to be the playmaker, and Willie Sneed's going to be the other guy. So I'll ask you both this. I think John Ross, it's a fair, would be pegged around the 105-109 range, somewhere in the middle of there. Yeah. With him going to either of these spots, you can pick whichever one you want, drop him out of that 109 range. 
I don't think so because I think someone will take a shot on the upside. Ever someone will just look at the forty. He'll have a good camp review because he won't have tweaked his hamstring yet, and someone will take it. Yeah, I don't think so either. So despite the I, bad... I honestly wouldn't want him. No, if correct. I had one of those I picks, but I would. I would, I would, I would be forced I would to take him. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everyone could be like, I don't want to take him. He may slip. Have you? I I haven't seen his name being posted in the chat, and someone not been like, "Ew, John Ross." If he's there at one twelve, do you take him? I have to see who else is there. I don't need wide receiver, so no. So say, say OJ Howard's off the board. Uh, I'll take one of the other two uh, tight ends or a running back over him. Okay. So then, would I take him at one thirteen? And I don't know if I would. I mean, I would. De- I would definitely take him at eighteen. I know he's well, not going to fall to eighteen, yeah. but I would. Absolutely I would hope take so. Him at anyway, I think Rogers would take him at fourteen because he's a he's a BPA guy. Exactly. He's like look like Wolf Fuller last year. It's yeah. the Same thing. He'll take whoever. There's no need. Which maybe you just do that. You don't draft that in need. A lot of people say that. No, you draft the best draft available and you could trade him. But so we don't think he's going to fall out of the first round. He might. No. He might. I said out of one hundred and nine, so. you both disagreed. I mean, I, I, I would be of us wanting, to get him at eighteen. Neither of us would take him. I don't think he's going to go. I don't think Tiz is going to take him because I think he's going to load up on wide receiver earlier, running back. And I don't. Riggio has ten and eleven. Riggio would I take him. Riggio would take him ten or eleven. Yeah, and that's right. where he goes. I think I'm, if he lands in either one of these two spots. He's going one ten or one eleven to Rich. I don't think he's going before that. I think I think maybe even any landing spot he's going there. I don't think anyone in the top half of the draft honestly loves him. And if they are, they're doing a very good job disguising it. Confirmed. Unless Eric knows and Eric knows something, so he's not getting he's not gonna fall there. So ignore my hot take. Alright. Let's do this trivia. Yes. Okay. So as a refresher, the question was how many players that finished outside of the top 50 in 2015 for full point PPR, finished in the top 10 in scoring for 2016. Oh, I had it backwards. Yeah, I know you did. Fuck. Yeah, other way around. So it was finished top 10 in 2016, finished outside of the top 50 in 2015. You're asking me how many, okay. or do you want... Can we just take a guess at anybody... I mean, so I, I wanted I a, no num- a number. I wanted a number, but if you guys have certain players, I'll let you know yes or no. How many were there? So it's between one through ten, obviously, right? Correct. One one through ten, yes. So, so well, the uh, max is ten. Right. The max is ten. So I would say four. Yeah, I would say like three. It's not a bad guess. The answer was six. Really? So six that's players. why. That's why it was so interesting to me. Six players finished outside of the top fifty, whether it be for injury, whether it be just they had a down year. Finished outside the top 50 in 2015. Finished in the top 10 in 2016. I have three guesses. I don't okay. think one's going to be right. But I think DeMarco Murray is one. DeMarco Murray was actually the number seven player. He finished um, number 13 in 2016. So he was just outside the top 10. Okay. Um, Wait, what? Oh, I'm thinking just running backs. Yeah. How about Mike Evans? Mike Evans is one of them. Yes. Good guess. Okay. You guys have four more to go. Oh, then my one guess is not right because Dez is not finished. I'm sorry, five, five more to go. Dez uh, is not in. Edelman wasn't top ten either. I was thinking for their position, so it screwed me all up. No, um, Edelman finished 45. Crap. And this includes quarterbacks? Includes quarterbacks. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. There's only one. Matt Ryan. No. Ooh. Really? He wasn't? He didn't finish outside the top 50 yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, can't, I thought he'd be the only quarterback... Inside the top ten of overall players, no, there was a bunch. There was uh, there was a couple. I'll, I'll give them to you out there. So, Breeze, 
No, he would have finished top 10, too. He would have finished top 50. Who the hell got hurt in 2015 that would have had a rebound year? Tyreek Hill? He was a rookie. Oh, right. Uh, this is bad radio. Chad, you, you should get this one. Big Ben? No, not the quarterback. Le'Veon Bell? Thank you. Okay. Wait, was this four-game suspension in 2015? It wasn't last year? Or was that... I thought it was last year. So that makes sense. I have no more guesses, because I was... I don't know why I thought... I just so wasn't three doing more? it right in my head. No, four more. Four, oh, four more. Yeah, we got Evans and Bell. Who are we missing? I mean, just who was, who were top was 10 David Johnson a top 50 player? David Johnson finished 52. Okay. And what, he finished two last year? One? Yep. Okay. Oh, he finished one overall points. Okay. Yeah, and oh, on a one-point PPR for sure. Yep. Um, No, he wouldn't be top ten. It was like Kelsey. Hmm. 2015. Who was going to do all that this year? Is one of these six a quarterback? Yes. Yeah. What are the other two positions? Wide receiver and running back. So you have all three. One wide receiver, one running back, one quarterback. That doesn't really help. <laughs> no, this is this is a tough one, but it was interesting because there were so many in the top 10 this year that finished outside the top 50 last year. Well, did Beckham finish outside the top 50 in 2015? No, but he, he also didn't finish in the top 10, 10 this year. This year. He finished number 13 or 14. Huh. Oh, Kirk Cousins? No. Oh. That's a good guess. Not a bad guess. Rodgers? No, Rodgers was number three overall, but he was also top ten the year before. Top fifty the year before, yeah. What quarterback are we missing that had a great year last year? I don't know. You guys give up? Yeah. Andrew Luck. Oh, Andrew Luck. He was a top ten overall Andrew player Luck, last year? Andrew Luck was number nine. I would have never guessed that. Andrew Luck was number nine. And the other two, Jordy Nelson, obviously missed the entire 2015 oh, right. campaign. Finished top ten this year. Right. And the last one, your boy, LaShawn McCoy. I thought he had a good 2015 year. He was just outside. He was number 84 in 2015. And I thought Murray did better. It must have been the one-point PPR then, because Murray definitely finished ahead of McCoy in our league. No. So, oh, oh, no, 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 because it's point, point .5 PPR. DeMarco Murray ended up 14, LaShawn McCoy 13 in full-point PPR. Huh. So right right there, very close. Yeah. I took the entire, because I was going to do all players. That was players. a good one. That yeah, was I was going to do all players in the top 50 this year, but I, I saw that there was a trend in the top 10, so I cut it. But yeah, the other ones that finished outside, Amari Cooper, Travis Kelsey, Golden Tate. I said Kelsey. Julian Edelman, Amari Cooper, LeGarrette Blunt, Mark Ingram, Devontae Adams, Melvin Gordon, and T.Y. Hilton. Gordon was a good one, too. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good one, but hopefully we can continue. I, I do like this trivia. Yeah, we got it's crazy that Evans, Bell, and DJ were all outside the top 50 a year ago. Absolutely. It's got to be patient. DJ is the most surprising one. That's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to show that there's an, an well, enormous Well, DJ broke out in the season, right? Is that yeah, what it, I think it oh, was absolutely in the season. Correct. Yeah. There's an enormous fluctuation in Dynasty Fantasy Football. One year, a guy outside the top 50. Example, Tyler Lockett. Next year, <laughs> the guy's a top <laughs> that's 10 a terrible player. example. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Von Don. Chad, you want to plug the Twitter? Sure. It's uh, at Elite Dynasty 69 Go give it a follow. Ad, why don't you do some yelling? Guys, there's like 14 people in our league. We get 80 listens an episode. We have 12 reviews. 12. And three of them are us. So that's nine. And there's at least four that are like friends and family. Yeah, my dad did one. My sister did one. So like, can you give a five star and leave a review for us? It's ridiculous. 
I know Matt Kojak has not listened to one episode. We're giving you great weekly content. What you can do is tap twice to submit, hit five stars, and then submit. Don't worry, ask him. I wish we knew who it was if we would blackball him. Yeah. I'll, I'll reset your iTunes password for you. I have no problem <laughs> yeah, doing no that. that's no excuse. Yeah, that's, oh, God. Give me your phone, give me ten minutes, give me a glass of wine. You can just give me one anyway, but. Yeah, that's that's all we got. Um, thanks again for listening. Next week we'll jump in with the second round of the mock draft, some other news and notes, some fun trivia, and uh, maybe we'll throw some other content your way. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will. This is uh, our longest episode yet. We're at 112 right now. so Awesome. We hope that you've made it to the end. Uh, I am the Mad Shatter signing off. Peace. Good night. Ah!